0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott. Hey, and I'm Jesse. Hey, Jesse.
1: Scott. Merry nice Christmas. To have you back.
0: Merry Christmas. Thank you, sir.
1: I I had some people asking comments or making comments like, what happened to Scott? <laughs> really angry. It was a zom- I, zombie
0: apocalypse.
1: Yeah, i, I <laughs> you were fighting off uh, zombies at your door, yeah. so. You I'm afraid, I'm afraid, yeah. Out.
0: That, what makes me money, um, pretty much took over my life for the last two and a half months or so. But, that is behind me. Projects are finished. Great. And uh, now I can uh, get back in the swing. So. But that's where no I way. was. That's where I was. I couldn't, uh, there just wasn't uh, enough hours to do everything. So, but things went well, and uh, they're Mistakes all weren't made. Mistakes, <laughs> well, mistakes were made, but... They uh, oh, they were? Okay. <laughs> no, it, it all ended up really good, so. All right, well, what we have today is uh, a big stack of new releases.
1: Great. All right. Uh, Stack stack of recent arrivals, stack right? Stack of recent I, I arrivals, that's right. a, I just posted a very angry letter to Santa uh about all the new releases that didn't come as recent arrivals. Oh,
0: you've got to be kidding me. Let me check. Did that you see out. that? I actually I did. Um but I can't believe Santa would do that to you.
1: I know. And I've been um, so good to him over the years. You know how much milk and cookies I've sacrificed to his, <laughs> his girth? <laughs> and do you know one of the items? on your list
0: is actually under the SFF Audio Christmas tree.
1: Oh, and I that, take back the bad <laughs> things I said about <laughs> Mr. Santa.
0: And that is Last Call by Tim Powers.
1: Ah, yeah. interesting.
0: Came in just a few days ago. Um, now,
1: yeah, that, I wanted to, uh, yeah, we just were talking about before the podcast started that we're going to do a Tim Powers novel as a read-along oh, uh, yeah. maybe next month.
0: Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. I like Tim Powers, but I haven't read near enough of him. Um, And this is one of the books I have not read that I really want to read. And I've got a gorgeous uh, subterranean press trilogy of... This is the first of a trilogy of novels. And they're gorgeous from subterranean.
1: What's it Um, called?
0: Last Call. Oh, Last Call is... Last Call by Tim uh, Powers. Yeah, the copy of... It's a reprint, right? uh, Yes. Well, it's first time on audio. The Uh. the, The subterranean press, yes, it's a reprint. And the, uh, the copy I have of On Stranger Tides is also a subterranean press. Um, but they have also like, yep. released that on audio um, from Blackstone Audio. And this one is from Blackstone Audio, read by Bronson Pinchot, mm-hmm. who has uh, really started to do this quite often lately, and he's extremely good, so it's great news. Here's the, uh, the synopsis. Scott Crane abandoned his career as a professional poker player 20 years ago and hasn't returned to Las Vegas or held a hand of cards in 10 years. But troubling nightmares about a strange poker game he once attended on a houseboat on Lake Mead are drawing him back to the magical city. For the mythic game he believed he won did not end that night in 1969, and the price of his winnings was his soul. Now a pot far more strange and perilous than he ever could imagine depends on the turning of a card. Enchantingly dark and compellingly real, this world fantasy award-winning novel is a masterpiece of magical realism set in the gritty, dazzling underworld known as Las Vegas.
1: Cool. It's, it's interesting sounding. I'm just... I, I, I put a question mark o- over it, uh, whether it was... Is it like the, you're playing cards with the devils? I don't know, I
0: haven't read it, so... Um, it sounds like... Yeah, it sounds like... Um, yeah, that's what it sounds like. The, uh... One of the interesting things about this book, I found a list a long time ago. You know, I like lists, and I found a mm-hmm. list of uh, top ten uh, best horror novels. Um, and this was on the list. Last Call, which a uh, horror novel, yeah, interesting. And it was in a list of horror horror novels. And there was like, you know, uh, Ghost Story by Peter Straub was on the list. I remember, and um, Boys Life by McCammon was on it. I can't remember which Stephen King was on there, but I think it was—I uh, think it was *The Stand*. And, uh, but anyway, this was on the list, and I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." So, um, I wonder if it's a genuine horror novel.
1: So it, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia entry. It says it's uh, published '92 and won the World Fantasy Award in '93. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. The first book in the trilogy called Fault Lines. The second book is called Expiration Date and the third is called Earthquake Weather.
0: Right. Which No, which I think I think Last Call is the retitle of that first one. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it goes Last Call and then
1: Earthquake Weather was the last one. What was the middle one again? Uh, Earthquake Weather. Earthquake uh, Weather is the second? Expiration Date. Expiration Date, okay. Fault Lines is the name of the series. Is what oh, okay. Says. So, yeah. Um, Detailed Magic System with Diversion... Oh, Divinationary Tarot. Ah, and hmm. draws mythical and historical events and characters. Oh. Uh, including mythical... or not mythical. Legendary characters of, um las vegas hmm. and the legend of the fisher king hmm.
0: oh interesting
1: so it's like a blended blended uh weirdness which might be very cool
0: yeah yeah looking forward to that looking forward to it all right hey we've got uh something in uh, this is an audio drama it's called starstruck Um, Oh,
1: this is the one Bill DeFries was involved
0: with. Yeah, Bill Bill DeFries, yeah, he was involved with it, and he made sure um, that we got a copy. It's produced by the Audio Comics Company in association with Portland Community Radio, WMPG-FM. It's a really neat cover. Um, It says, based on the acclaimed comic book series, a full-cast audio comedy on two compact discs. So, uh, are you familiar with the comic?
1: Uh, I, I vaguely remember looking it up before, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry now. It, it's um, ran in 1980s, eighty-five to eighty-six. Uh, Dark Horse, yeah. So I probably never picked it up. Um, I didn't. I I didn't buy a lot of uh, uh, independent comics back then. Mm-hmm. So I was more into X Men and stuff. I don't know. Oh, there was something wrong with me back then. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. In the eighties, come on, I was mm-hmm.
0: I was young. Yeah. But
1: um, uh, a c-
0: couple of our favorite narrators are in the cast. Who, who's uh, in there? Bill,
1: Bill Defries and Simon Vance. Simon Vance is in there too. Wow, yeah. that is a
0: mm-hmm.
1: an impressive cast. Yeah. Huh. You bet. And it was broadcast in Portland. That must be Maine, right? Uh. Yes, probably is. Um, Rather because than Portland, That's where, where DeVries is from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm assuming. Yep. Have you seen um, uh, Simon Vance's uh, YouTube stuff? No, I haven't. He's, he goes out in his garden and uh, it's, it's like he's running away from, uh, I guess, something, something happening in the house. And he goes out in his garden and he talks to the camera. It's mm-hmm. really cool. <laughs> it's, it's like, this is, my, this is my, uh, my garden. What do you think? <laughs> and then he'll talk about an audiobook for a while, and then he'll go back like look his garden. You oh, see, wow. He really loves his garden.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually really fun.
0: All right. Good deal. All right, next up, we have another one of our favorite publishers, um, InfiniVox, edited by Alan Castor, a new collection called Starship Vectors. Um, a little note with it said it was released on 12-21 of 2010, so it is available right now. It just came out, like, this week. Uh, yep, yep. all 21 yeah. Right, so starships come in many shapes and sizes. Their crews and passengers are an eclectic lot. They venture into the deep voids of space on their assigned missions. Sometimes they succeed, and sometimes they do not. This collection tells the stories of the crews and passengers aboard six of these starships. So, what we have included here is Mayflower Two by Stephen Baxter. It's set in the Zeely universe. Uh, Boojum by Elizabeth Bear and Sarah Monette. Space Pirates are on the prowl for booty aboard the living star swimmer Lavina Waitley. Is the synopsis given there? Um, The Political Officer by Charles Coleman Finlay. That sounds good. Yep, the crew aboard a military starship must contend with both a dangerous enemy and a diligent political officer. Uh, The Tomb Wife by Gwyneth Jones. The navigator of the interstellar freighter Pirate Jenny hears a ghost from an alien tomb in the cargo hold. Hmm. And last is Shiva in Shadow by Nancy Kress. Um, Oh, no, that's not last. That's second to last. Um, Two competitive physicists aboard the Kepler use uploads of themselves to probe the scientific mysteries of radiation-rich space. Hmm. That's Shiva in Shadow by Nancy Kress and now the last one is called the remoras by robert reed a wealthy woman explores the lives of those less fortunate aboard a starship larger than earth it's part of the author's ongoing marrow series robert reed
1: well robert reed's good last time he was in a um infinifox books was wonderful mhm um and this is real old-fashioned uh spacey science fiction which is i think Something that would be very refreshing yeah. of late.
0: Yes, of late.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you and I have talked, um, you know, about w- what audiobooks we're getting nowadays. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it used to be that almost everything that came in was like, oh, I want to listen to that. Oh, I want to listen to that. But you know, things have changed over the years, and now, I mean, it's probably seventy percent of what we get um, are in the paranormal romance category.
1: Uh you, uh you was it you who pointed out that photograph at uh cha- not chapters a uh, some sort of big bookstore and they had a, 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 a picture a photograph with uh, the two signs you yeah know, it i said, think
0: it, i think it was on boing boing yeah and it was i, boing I was just boing saying you the
1: link yeah one was like Urban fantasy, and then the other one was like new urban yeah. fantasy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it said uh, yeah new teen paranormal romance. Uh, paranormal and then paranormal uh, par- teen paranormal romance was a section right next to it, and they were so, equally large.
1: <laughs> and uh, whoever made the post thought, you know, this is perhaps the end of the beginning of, or the beginning of the <laughs> end of of uh, of this trend. And yeah, uh, yeah, it, it would be nice if that was true. Yeah,
0: it would be it would be nice. I mean, you know, people enjoy it, so I really shouldn't, uh, you know, put it I down don't, in I any don't way. Know, but I, d-
1: I don't, don't know I a, don't a lot of people it. who have commented, on, you know, said, "Oh, I got a, oh, this is wonderful." I think the people who are enjoying it are not uh, communicative.
0: Well, I think the people that are enjoying it are probably not uh, SFF audio readers. You know, yeah, just, I think that, you're right. Yeah, we're just not the same audience. That's so. true. Yep, that's what I think, anyway. I think you're right. Yep. Hey, now, this is cool. Um, you don't see this too often, either, speaking of trends. This is uh, Brilliance Audio has published two novellas um, that have been available on um, Audible for a while. One of them is The God Engines by John Scalzi. Hmm. Uh, it's performed by Christopher Lane. It's about uh, It's three compact discs, three hours and 16 minutes long. Um, Captain Ian... Teffy, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, T-E-P-H-E, is a man of faith whose allegiance to his lord and to his ship is uncontested. The bishopry militant knows this, and so when it needs a ship and crew to undertake a secret, sacred mission to a hidden land, Teffy is the captain to whom the task is given. So, um, there's a little bit more there, but that's kind of the start of the description for The God Engines by John Scalzi. Read by... uh,
1: Let's talk about that
0: one for a bit. Okay, mm-hmm
1: um read by uh christopher lane okay i uh, i i listened to the geeks guide to the galaxy podcast you know Mm -hmm. um that's the john joseph adams uh one that they they're doing it they used to do a tour now they're doing at io9 Mm -hmm. and uh their their uh sponsor i guess is brilliance audio Mm -hmm. and they were talking there there's a little ad for the god engines and it described it as a fantasy um But I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry. It says it's a science fiction novella. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you read this one? I have not. I know you're a Scalzi fan, right? No, I
0: haven't. Um, No, I haven't read much Scalzi. Oh, really? Yeah, I've read Old Man's War. And, um, you know, I think that's the only novel of his that I've read. I'm trying to think of another one. I've read a bunch of Another one that I want to read is um, The Android's Dream, which is recently available on Audible, read by
1: Will Wheaton. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, um, but no, I
0: haven't read a lot of
1: Scalzi. Uh, synopsis: Is there a synopsis on there? Yeah, that's a,
0: the first paragraph I read was about. Okay.
1: Yeah. It did. It didn't sound fantasy to me. No. So maybe no. they just got their facts wrong in the commercial. Uh-huh. But I, I like the idea. It's a novella. What's the other part? The uh, other. The other novella.
0: Mm-hmm. The other novella is called Debt of Bones by Terry Goodkind, who writes giant fantasy novels. But this one is three hours and 47 minutes long. Um, a milestone of storytelling Storytelling set in the world of the Sword of Truth, Debt of Bones is the story of young Abby's struggle to win the aid of the wizard Zed Zorander, the most important man alive. So, um, I'm assuming that Abby is an important character in a series, and somehow this is a side story from that.
1: It uh, was originally published in uh, the Legends Anthology. You know? Oh,
0: okay.
1: You remember that? I do. I
0: love that. My favorite from the Legends, the Legends one is, um, uh, let's see, oh, what's it called? There's a Stephen the King Knight. one. Yeah, The Hedge Knight. The Hedge
1: Knight was great. Yeah, yeah The Hedge that Knight
0: was... by George R. R. Martin, read by um,
1: Frank Muller. Is one that's, of my all-time favorite pieces of audio. I think that's um, the best uh, George R. R. Martin I read that has been published in the '90s or later. Mm-hmm. Because everything, uh, all his his novel stuff of late is too long for me. Yeah, but uh, the his old short stories were amazing, and and that was a really good. I mean, it's it doesn't even feel like it's in the same you know universe as. As the rest of the um, Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's a, it's a prequel by a long ways. It's like, but it doesn't feel a,
1: like it's the uh, same, you know. Pre-generation.
0: Yeah, knights and jousting and all that kind of stuff. I don't yeah. recall any magic in it.
1: that really, the really a good jousting the uh, graphic story. novel of that as well. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a, a second one, isn't there? Hedge there Knight Two or something? Yeah. Um,
0: sworn Sword, I think it's called. Right. Could yeah. Be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was in Legends too, and it was also on audio. But it wasn't read by Frank Muller because he had had his accident by then. Um, but yeah, now uh, George R. R. Martin came out with Dream Songs, and there's three volumes of audio, um, yeah. all, all available on Audible. And Hedge Knight is in there, but the Frank—it's not the Frank Muller version. Still good, but
1: who's the narrator there? Do you remember? I
0: don't recall. There's—it's you know. Giant, one I always meant to, listen to short and I haven't stories. done it. Yeah. There's a lot of really great stories in there.
1: No um, doubt, because it's it goes through his entire career, right? Yeah, yeah. Volume 1 starts with some
0: fan oh. fiction, actually. Well, you, oh, really? you call it fan fiction? No, I, I think fan fiction is the wrong word. It's fiction... Um, yeah, fan fiction would be... Fan uh, fiction, know, yeah. He, someone he, else he wrote universe. it... He, I guess you'd call it amateur, amateur fiction. Amateur fiction, yeah. because he's writing about his own characters... And yeah. um, newsletters and things back way back then, right? You know, not not for paid publication.
1: Do these uh, two novellas come in one case? Uh, no, no, no. Two two different boxes. Okay. Yeah. The three CDs. I I I hope this trend continues because that yeah. that's you can gobble those up in a day.
0: Yeah, I still think that that's just an ideal length, and there's so much material. I mean, my goodness. That's you know, cool. Getting people to be interested in them, I guess, is the challenge right now.
1: Well maybe we could do some reviews
0: yeah we will we ought to all right next um pump six and other stories by paolo
1: basigalupi
0: i hope i pronounce his name right i always think i don't
1: i think you're i think you got it right
0: okay uh performed by jonathan davis james chen and eileen stevens so this is a collection of short stories 11 short stories um let's see it charts the evolution of uh Gallupi's work, including the Hugo-nominated Yellow Card Man and the Sturgeon award-winning story The Calorie Man, both set in the world of his novel The Wind-Up Girl. Um, I don't see a table of contents, which is something that they always do with these collections.
1: <laughs> yeah. On audio, I just got don't have The put collection, a table of uh, wait, no, sorry. Pump Six and Other Stories 2008. The, I've got a list of his short stories, and that might include all of them. Okay. it's uh, uh, full uh, of Dharma. It's, it's 13
0: hours long, so I'm guessing it's the full collection.
1: Yeah, so Pump Six, Small Offering, Softer, Yellow Card Man, Pop Squad, Tamaris Hunter, Calorie Man. The past show the People of Sand and Slag, the Fluted Girl, which we've we've heard before, right? That's mm-hmm. uh, from InfiniVox. Right. And the Gambler. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of came out of nowhere, didn't he?
0: Well, he'd been writing short stories for a while, and he was highly regarded. In I, I didn't see them. I didn't see them. Oh.
1: Maybe they were in anthologies. Is that?
0: Well, he was he was nominated. I don't know. Did he win a Hugo for one of his short stories? I thought that. He oh won. yeah. But he was he yeah. was
1: always on the lists.
0: And then, um, uh, was The Wind Up Girl his first novel? I don't recall. But, yeah. but he sure did. Uh, best, yeah. best first novel. Yep. I take books. That's it, yep. Biopunk. Bio. <laughs> Biopunk is
1: the idea. Yeah.
0: All so. right. Now, next we have. Um, now, this book was sent to us by the author. Um, it's from, from Tantor. It's called uh, Lord of the Changing Winds. The Griffin Mage, Book One, by Rachel Neumeier, um read by Emily Durante, and that's from Tantor. It's a debut epic fantasy, uh, I guess it's going to be the first of a trilogy, is what it says. Um, let's see, little ever happens in the quiet villages of peaceful Farabeland, I can't remember, I can't pronounce it. Uh, the course of Kessa's life seems set. She'll grow up to be an herb woman and healer for the village of Minas Ford, never quite fitting in, but always more or less accepted. And she's content with that path, or thinks that she is. Until the day the griffins come down from the mountains, bringing with them the fiery wind of their desert and a desperate need for a healer. But what the griffins need is a healer who is not quite human, or a healer who can be made into something not quite human. A
1: griffin is a... A uh, legendary creature with the body of a lion and the wings of an eagle. Mm hmm. Uh-huh. Uh so the
0: author how did they d- It just it just came in and there was a little note saying, Hey, I hope someone is interested in this and from the author. Uh, uh, Rachel, okay. Rachel Newmeyer. yeah
1: Oh that's nice.
0: It is really nice, yeah. Um it's unclear to me from the back here whether you'd call this YA or not. It's it's uh the young girl is a main character.
1: I Doesn't, think that's YA. I yeah, think but that's he, all that makes it, it just has to have a young young main character. Uh-huh. I think that's the entire definition, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it could be. I think theme has something to do with it, too. You know, if you're going to market something as YA, even though. Art boiled
1: uh, YA doesn't work. <laughs> I think maybe.
0: Noir, nor where everybody yeah. dies at the end. Oh. yeah. So.
1: Everybody's um, uh, pregnant and miscarrying at the <laughs> Right, right.
0: Okay, uh, next, I've got another volume in the Stainless Steel Rat series. This one is oh. Stainless Steel Rat Wants You by Harry Harrison. Book four. Uh, I love the length of these, too. They're five hours, five and a half hours for this one. Um, Publishers Weekly said, This is a broad burlesque that is generally fun reading. So, that sounds right. Yep. <laughs>
1: I've got a review of uh, the first one coming soon, but oh, good. uh It's they are so short that I and so enjoyable that I I'm already halfway more than halfway through the second one. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, it's you know that I you know we talked about uh, maybe you didn't hear it, but we talked to uh, Greg Marguerite and he was talking about when he had read them originally because oh, mm-hmm. they, they were something I uh, one of my friends was really into yeah, when I was uh, young and. For whatever reason, I didn't pick them up. Maybe mm-hmm. he wouldn't lend them to me or something. I don't know. Uh, but I probably would have enjoyed them even more then, mm-hmm. just because they're so—they uh, are wry and they're very um, slick, and the character is—he's a—he's a rascal, you know. Uh-huh. But he's not—he's not—he's um, not out to hurt people. He just—he's out to do his own thing and. Uh he's he's a criminal but he doesn't kill people mm-hmm. and it's a it's a great it's a great great bit of fun. Cool. Not sure if it's if it's science fiction other than in setting. I can't think of anything that would make it, it it's it's definitely candy. Uh-huh. But it's very well written and makes you want to read more Harry Harrison as well. Oh good. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'm looking forward
1: to that. You bet. Yeah, I
0: remember reading Stainless Steel Rat, and I also branched out a little bit, I remember reading West of Eden by Harry Harrison. That was uh, uh, one that I remember pretty well. prehistorical, isn't it? Yeah, it's prehistorical. Yeah. Boy, I mean, it's so far back, uh, you know, I apologize if I have this wrong, but it it seems like humans are not the only intelligent life that evolved, so it's still prehistorical. But there are two races on the Earth, not just one. And one of them is kind of a reptilian kind of a race, if I remember. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, so you have two uh, fully developed societies, you know, growing on the planet. It's
1: alternate history as well as science fiction, so.
0: Okay, yep.
1: Yep, I
0: remember enjoying that quite a bit.
1: Um, All right, next
0: is uh, catacombs by Anne McCaffrey and Elizabeth Ann Scarborough. A Tale of the Bark Cats performed by Laurel Merlington. So this is a fantasy with a cat on the front. Um, Okay. Let's see. In Catalyst... Oh, this is not book one, then. In Catalyst, award-winning authors Anne McCaffrey and Elizabeth Ann Scarborough introduce listeners to the beguiling bark cats, spacefaring felines who serve aboard starships as full-fledged members of the crew. Highly evolved, the cats share an almost telepathic bond with their minders, or cat persons, until suddenly there is no almost about it, and a particular bark cat, Chester, learns to exchange thoughts with his human friend Jubal. Other cats soon gain the same ability. And then it goes on from there. Um, So for cat fans...
1: It's a cat book. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's a cat. It's new. a cat science it's new. fiction
0: book. Is this maybe? So, yeah, the first Catalyst one Catalyst
1: <laughs> came out early 2010, and Catacombs <clears throat> is is this month, brand new. Cool. Bark um, is B A R Q U E. By the way, because right, I, right. I I I think bark cats. They're the barking. for roof Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I uh, are you a cat person
0: or a dog person? I'm a cat person. Really? Really? I I like dogs, but I'm allergic to them. Which means we can't have one, but I, I like cats because if you if you have to go somewhere for a week, they're all right with it. Yeah, you know, that's true, <laughs> they're fine. You come back and they uh, they're just like, hey, where have you been? All right, I'm going to go over here now. That's pretty much how a cat uh, goes.
1: Um, I I heard I think it's on a podcast recently uh, about somebody really enjoying a book called *Parasite Rex*. Have you uh-huh. heard of this book? I haven't. It. It's really cool. Um, mm. Really cool sounding. Um, So one of the things, um, I guess I'm just finding this on the internet here. Mm. It's very similar to what they said. Uh, Mood-altering cat parasites make women friendly and men into jerks. (laughs) Uh, And then it says, a parasite that causes rats to sacrifice themselves to cats may also change human behavior, making women more outgoing and warm-hearted and men more jealous and suspicious. Toxoplasma bacteria protists uh, protists is shed in cat feces, which is eaten by rats, infected by rats. Uh, infected rats become fearless in the presence of cats, which makes them easier to catch, which in turn spreads the disease to new cats. Hmm. And then it says, Carl Zimmer is the author of Parasite Rex, a sharp science book dealing with the amazing ways that parasites attack us, change us, farm us, use us, and kill us. He reports on a new research on the effect of Taxoplasma bacteria on humans. Toxoplasma has was previously believed to be largely harmless to humans though it can compromise our immune systems but new s- research suggests that humans like rats go through behavioral changes when infected with the parasite hmm. through the effects uh, though the effects are opposite in women and men uh, and then I guess this is uh, from Boing Boing, maybe. That's where I read it. Uh, Regular BB readers will remember uh, my review of Scott Westerfeld's Peeps, a young adult vampire novel inspired by Parasite Rex, in which all of the behaviors attributed to vampires are explained in parasitological terms. Parasitological. Wow, that's fun. (laughs) Some scientists believe that toxoplasma changes the personality of its human host by bringing different shifts to women and men. Um... And then uh, this study from a guy at the University of Prague says, those infected uh, found small but significant changes in tendencies to be more self-reproaching and insecure. Uh, That's men. Hmm. Paradoxically, women infected tend to be more outgoing and warm-hearted, while infected men tend to be more jealous and suspicious. Hmm. And so uh, the idea is like, you have a cat, and then you get the cat, and then the cat infects you with its parasite, and so you're acting more like a cat, maybe. <laughs> and then the question is is, is: is does the cat act that way because the cat's infected as well, uh-huh. or, or is is it you know so co-evolved that uh, if you got a cat that almost all cats are apparently infected? Hmm. Uh, so it's very interesting. You know, you think this behavior is a you know, run by the the animals owned by a biology, but actually it's run by a another animal living inside it, hmm. or a parasite yeah. living inside it. It's interesting, really strange and yeah. interesting. Yeah, huh? A little side side bar there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, I like dogs too. I just uh, sneeze when I'm around them.
1: Oh, I'm really? Just, You're I'm allergic sure. to dogs? Yeah, I'm allergic to dogs. But that's I, unusual. Is it? I think so. I I don't know. I know lots of people allergic to cats, and I don't know anyone allergic to dogs.
0: Yeah, I'm allergic to dogs, but not cats. I have two cats. Funny. I didn't uh, know that. But but, no, but I do like dogs. Um, But uh, can't have one. Hmm. All right, but anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, Two giant fantasy books that are part of series, or the next two. Um, The first series is The Rune Lords. This is book four, called The Lair of Bones by uh david farland and read by ray porter so that's book four mm-hmm. and then also book four of tad williams's shadow march series this one's called shadow heart performed by dick hill from brilliance um the other the Rune Lords one was from blackstone audio i haven't heard dick hill for a long time yeah well, he's been busy reading so. this this is 33 yeah, so. 33 and a half hours long
1: shadow heart by tad williams yeah, I, he was probably ten years since I heard Dick Hill narrate mm-hmm. something. Oh.
0: Well, he's around. Yep. Forgot All about right. Him. Okay, now I have another one um, by Catherine M. Valente. And I know you've done a couple of posts about her in the last little while. Maybe. Yes. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, she, I think you posted an interview. Um, maybe it wasn't so lately. But it, uh, she was a Hugo nominee for Palimpsest. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, you know what? You're right, I did. Okay. I just forgot. All right, and this one is called The Habitation of the Blessed, A Dirge for
1: Prester John, Volume 1, performed by Ralph Lister. Now, I just heard about Prester John recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know anything about him? No, I don't. It's very Is it a real somebody from
0: history or something? Yeah, uh, so it's well, a... here, let me read the first paragraph yeah, here, and then... Uh, see if it rings any bells. This is the story of a place that never was, the kingdom of Prester John, the utopia described by an anonymous 12th century document which captured the imagination of the medieval world and drove hundreds of lost souls to seek out its secrets, inspiring explorers, missionaries, and kings for centuries. But what if it were all true? What if there was such a place, and a poor, broken priest once stumbled past its borders discovering not a Christian paradise, but a country where everything is possible, immortality is easily had, and the Western world is nothing but
1: a dim and distant dream. Wow, it sounds good.
0: You know, I
1: I think this is why I thought it, yeah. Oh, keep going. I think this is a a very interesting book.
0: Yeah. Brother Hayab of Luzerne, on missionary work in the Himalayan wilderness on the eve of the 18th century, discovers a village guarding a miraculous tree whose branches sprout books instead of fruit. (laughs) These strange books chronicle the history of the kingdom of Prester John, and Hyob becomes obsessed with the tales they tell. The Habitation of the Blessed recounts the fragmented narratives found within these living volumes, revealing the life of a priest named John and his rise to power in this country of impossible richness. John's tale weaves together with the confessions of his wife Hagia, uh, blem, uh, Blemmye. Some kind of it says it's a headless creature who carried her face on her chest. That is a B-L-M-E, Blemmye, um, as well as the tender jeweled nursery stories of Mthithol, nanny to the royal family, and it ends there. Sounds bizarre, right? It sounds bizarre. So you're saying Prester John was a real person?
1: No, not oh, okay. exactly. Prester oh, John's a legend. Um, a legend,
0: okay.
1: Kind of, kind of like um, you know, uh, the sh- she who must be obeyed, the um, the uh, old character from um. Oh, I'm trying to remember the other guy's name. Anyways, there's a it's sort of a legendary uh, queen or king. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I must have heard. Catherine Valenti talking about it in an interview and found it really interesting, posted it and then forgot about it completely. But um the Wikipedia entry has uh the legends of Prester John and this is interesting. His name also also is Prebster Johannes. Uh were popular in Europe in the twelfth century through the seventeenth centuries and told by the Christian uh, There, a story of a Christian patriarch and king said to rule over a Christian nation lost amidst, amidst Muslim and pagans in the Orient. Hmm. Um, so it could have been in Africa. Or, I think well, some, of the, yeah, some of the maps have him being in Ethiopia, and etc. Um, written accounts of his kingdoms are variegated collections of medieval popular fantasy. Prester John was reportedly a descendant of the three Magi one of the three Magi, said to be a generous ruler and a virtuous man, presiding over a realm full of riches and strange creatures in which the patriarch of St. Thomas uh, Christanus resided. His kingdom contained such marvels as the Gates of Alexander, Fountain of Youth, and bordered the earthly paradise. Uh, Among his treasures were a mirror uh, through which every province could be seen, the fabled original ...from which the spectrum literature of the late Middle Ages and Renaissance were derived. Um, sounds really mm-hmm. like a really interesting sort of <laughs> popular myth mythology... Mm-hmm. ...that people are sort of mistaking for reality. Yeah. Um, and it's talking about the Mongol Empire and Ethiopia. There's a huge Wikipedia entry, very interesting.
0: Yeah, that is interesting
1: cool now um one of the things uh you mentioned in the in the synopsis was that there was a tree with a book sprouting from it yeah 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 that's really good that's the, it's the tree of knowledge right 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 <laughs> quite literally mm-hmm. do do not partake of the fruit of the tree of knowledge you know? <laughs> otherwise you'll
0: be addicted to books right <laughs> and you'll have a podcast uh, or something like that yeah <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that looks interesting. I'm going to have to give this one a shot. What's the name of this one again? It is called The Habitation of the Blessed. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is, um, did I tell you who the narrator was? Ralph Lister.
1: Okay. No, I don't know him. Okay. Yep. Brilliance Audio. Sounds cool. Yep. It's a series book, I think it says. Yeah, it says Volume 1.
0: Okay. A Dirge for Prester John is the name of the series.
1: A Dirge is a... Is a Sad death song, yeah, death song, right? Right. Pretty
0: sure. Yep. Okay. Cool. Well, that's all I've got in hard copy. Okay. Other than what? the stack of um, paranormal romances. How many? How many in the stack? <laughs> I would have to dig them out of this box, but it, it is a um, a file box full.
1: File? Well, that'd be about twenty then.
0: Yeah, about that.
1: So we're getting uh, we'll put real books. And mm-hmm. paranormal romance books, <laughs> we're getting about uh, just a, a slightly more than sixty percent paranormal rants. Yeah, that's pictures. what I would say. That's what I would say. Wow!
0: And I'm careful to look through them and see, you know, if there's genuine horror and things like that. Um, hey, did you guys ever talk about a book called Patient Zero?
1: Um, uh, in,
0: in that new release cast, that last one.
1: I don't. I don't know. I don't think we mentioned it. I think. I think it. I, no, I don't think we did. I, I remember reading about it, and I've, I've got it here.
0: Okay, well let me, because uh, this looks like some kind of a
1: It's it from uh,
0: David Wellington? It is from, no, this is by a guy named Jonathan uh, Mayberry. M-A, oh, right, right. Okay. And read by Ray Porter. And uh, it says, when you have to kill the same terrorist twice in one week, there's either something <laughs> wrong with your world, or something wrong with your skills. And there's nothing wrong with Joe Ledger's skills. And that's both a good and bad thing. It's good because he's a Baltimore detective who has just been secretly recruited by the government to lead a new task force created to deal with the problems that Homeland Security can't handle. This rapid response group is called Department of Military Sciences, or the DMS. It's bad because his first mission is to help stop a group of terrorists from releasing a dreadful bioweapon... That can turn ordinary people into zombies. The fate of the world hangs in the balance. Oh, the fate of the world is always hanging in the balance. <laughs> yeah, very- uh, everything up to that point was sounded really good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm enjoying the zombie uh, genre right now. The uh, Did you watch The Walking Dead?
1: Have you guys talked about
0: that? Oh, I got to catch uh, up on all these podcasts. I got a lot to
1: listen to. No, I don't think. I don't think uh, we. Talked about it very much. The Walking Dead is um, terrific. And- yeah, it's it's uh, it's very strange because I I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sounding like Luke. It's very strange. <laughs> he always says that. No, um, <laughs> uh, the uh, the comic. I'm reading the comic, and uh, today I'm going to go it's Boxing Day, so I'm going to go get some uh, hundred dollars worth of comics to get ten percent off or some
0: mm.
1: crazy deal. Um, but. I'm right up. I'm going to be catching up to the very cusp of what what's being written for the the comic book version of the Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and um, it's very strange. I'm I watch the show and then I'm reading the comic, and then I get confused as to what happened where because it's mm-hmm. so closely uh, matched. Yeah, they're very 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 similar to each other, but the comic does do. Uh, does a lot more stuff because there's a lot more material there mm-hmm. and the show is a little bit it's straying off from the the comic a little bit which is i guess keeping it interesting for people who who are reading the comic as well so mm-hmm. okay. yeah it's it's uh the way he described it um he wanted it to be a zombie movie that never ends right mm-hmm. and that's what a tv show is right, right. <laughs> it's a zombie movie that uh just a regular uh, show that never ends, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, surprisingly, it seems to work so far. But I'm concerned that it, if it never ends, then it's not a complete story. Mm-hmm. You know, it just sort of peters out or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I hope that they have a an end in mind. You know,
1: um, well, Robert I'm Kirkman, the guy who writes into these things that, that are canceled and then never end. He had a. He was on. I think it was maybe the Geeks Guide to the Galaxy. They they uh, talked to him and they, they had a. He had a good line. He said that um, uh, everyone was saying that they would write to him letters columns and say, uh, "This is a great great comic, but I don't see I don't see how I can go much farther." And Robert Kirkman wrote back apparently in the letters column saying, "You know I I totally see that and I totally agree with you and." I figure I'm going to run out of ideas around uh issue 75 mm-hmm. after which I'll have aliens invade. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody thought he was serious and and so he did a special special alien invasion episode uh alternate history I guess. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and um uh, I'll tell you also uh uh one of my students was looking at my um my copy of The Walking Dead, and he loves he loves people's heads getting chopped off, right? So, <laughs> um, I said, "Well, it's, if you want, you've got your your winnings from the uh, from the uh, reading contest. We we have a reading contest at my school every month, and uh-huh. if if uh, you want, I can take you to the comic book store and you can get a copy." Mm-hmm. And so we went down there, and and he was looking at it, and I think he he really really wanted to get The Walking Dead, but his mom would be upset.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe
1: if if he was holding a book with heads being chopped off in it. So he got uh, a different Robert Kirkman book called uh, Invincible, which uh-huh. is a comic book uh, comic book about you know superhero, which is sort of oh so passe. But he really liked it. Mm-hmm. He thought it was. Uh, and this is a kid who doesn't like a lot of stuff, so it's very good. picky. Cool. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking of picking that up myself. Oh well, neat. Yeah, in- Invincible. Invincible. Cool. Same same author. Uh-huh. Okay. Sounds good. You Did you see my hefty list of... Uh, yeah, you, we talked about this. Uh, my hefty list of things that didn't arrive. Mm-hmm. In yeah. lieu of all those uh, paranormal romances that arrived. Uh-huh. <laughs> Santa, we'd like to send these back, and we'd like to get replacements. <laughs> right.
0: So, yeah, uh, the bottom two... Uh-huh.
1: The bottom two are planned read alongs. Yeah. Um Gulliver's yes. Travels. Mhm. Um I'm going to po- put put up a post very shortly about uh the Librivox version. Okay. Of Gulliver's Travels, which is complete and unabridged. Okay. Uh, single narrator. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a movie version of Gulliver's Travels which um, I am uh, Jack Black. Greg thinks Greg <laughs> thinks I have to go see because I made a I made a Fox News style joke about what he was saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's tasking me with going to see that, which I don't know if is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oath of Fealty, that's the yes. Audible Frontiers book that I've um, had a paper book of for 20 years or so and never read. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that one um, mid-January. Great, yep. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Gulliver's Travels is early February. And then there's a bunch of other ones that were really cool. Did you hear, have you heard of *A Last Babylon? I think you must have heard of this. Yeah, it. Yeah, I like a, I've like, read
0: that a long, long, long time
1: ago. It's a it's nuclear holocaust the book?
0: Yeah. Right. Is that the one with the submarine?
1: No, that's um, that's uh, not Neville Shute. Neville that's, Shute, uh, on the beach. On the beach, right. yeah. Yep, okay. Uh, Alas, Babylon, then, I've yeah, never read. Re- I, I don't
0: recall it, but I'm pretty sure I've read it. But I don't recall it then.
1: Okay, well, that, that
0: might uh, be worth uh-huh. looking at. And the um, people killed instantly, but one small town in Florida miraculously spared. The struggle is just beginning as men and women of all backgrounds join together to confront
1: the darkness. <laughs> and Will Pat- Patton, he's done. Yeah, so Will well.
0: Patton just he narrated uh, an audiobook I just listened to by James Lee Burke. I've got to oh, write a review. Still of doing that. it. Yeah, I've, it's called *The Neon Rain*. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Cool. Excellent book. New Orleans, ah. New Orleans detective stuff
1: you see this audible signatures classic series is their sort of their new imprint and yeah, they' did yeah. heart of darkness by joseph Can- Conrad with um Kenneth Branagh narrating
0: cool Wouldn't
1: that be really yeah, good
0: framework? that would be great
1: dust and shadow an account of the Ripper killings by dr John H. Watson that sounds good mm-hmm. i just i i it does it sounds like it's a story been done a whole bunch of times before
0: mm-hmm
1: you know. Doctor Watson, uh, nah, Sherlock Holmes, and Jack the Ripper, right? Hasn't right. been done like a dozen times, but mm-hmm. still, I want to read it anyways. Mm-hmm. There's a new Heinlein. Uh, Time for the stars never been on audio before. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Rumo and his miraculous adventures. This is a translated from German, and it's I think it's a comic book translated from German. Uh-huh. Very, very different. It says. Uh, Comparable to Douglas Adams, Lewis Carroll, J.K. Rowling, Doctor Seuss, and R. Crumb. Hmm. Last calls mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in time, Richard Matheson. Blackstone's been doing every Richard Matheson book they can get their hold on. Well, wow, that's good. Uh, that's a great movie, by the way. Have you seen that?
0: Yes, yes, I have. Yep. Early
1: eighties. I I, somehow I didn't
0: realize it. that That was a Matheson book.
1: Yeah. I had yeah. no idea. It's, it's uh... It's a little too um, uh, uplifting, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's not super uplifting, it's uh, it's, it's uplifting for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then um, there's a Ross McDonald series that they've revived uh, with Grover Gardner, which I'm a big I'm a big fan of Ross McDonald Private Eye stuff from I guess the '60s. Mm-hmm. And um, and then this is the one that really kind of honked me off that they didn't. They didn't ever send us from Blackstone. Is the new adventures of Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer? This oh, is
0: yeah.
1: an audio drama series with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mickey. Sp- uh, sorry, not Mickey Spillane. Stacy Keach playing Mike Hammer again. Oh, okay. It's short, just like two hours. I guess they're. Either in, written by Max Allen Collins, and this is this is the second one. But actually, I noticed uh, very recently that they've got the third one. Is if it's not out now, it's it's going to be it's out on its way. Sure. Okay, yeah. We'll, so, go,
0: we'll get them contacted.
1: Yeah, gotta, I gotta get some good stuff going. But um, the other one, last thing, I sent out an email late last night um, about SSGB.
0: Oh yeah, Len and, Dighton. Len That's Day- the uh, the uh, World War II alternate history.
1: Yeah, alternate history World War mm-hmm. II set in 1941, just after the uh, successful invasion of Britain by the Nazis. Hmm. And it's uh, I've not read it yet, but mm-hmm. the the premise sounds very similar to Fatherland. In a it's a it's a murder mystery set in. Uh, I guess Nazi occupied territory, mm-hmm. and um, this is the one that uh, uh, Rabkin recommended. Eric Rabkin recommended. Oh, yeah, okay. Or I don't know if he recommended it. He mentioned it when mm-hmm. we were talking about alternate history, and um, I thought that I thought that that would be a, a cool book to do, but I, I'm not seeing a space on the schedule just yet. Uh, so, would you be interested in that? Like, yeah, I would. You no. Know, late February or something? Sure, you bet.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'm always interested in those. That sounds yeah, interesting.
1: I, I like mystery, I like alternate history, and I don't want to say I like Nazis, but I like I like stories with lots of Nazis getting blown up. <laughs> <How> about that? <laughs> nice. This has been the
0: SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. Thank you.